that. Okay, I'm a little frightened to do this review because I know I'm going to save the word Candyman, the name Candyman, more than five times, and I don't know what's going to happen by the end of this video, but we're just going to go for it. So I've never been a big Candyman guy. I saw the original Candyman. I saw it recently. I had seen bits and pieces on TV growing up. I don't know. It just never did anything. I remember very distinctly watching the origin of Candyman where he gets covered in bees and gets his hand chopped off. That was in one of the sequels. That's not in the original Candyman. However, I thought it was. So when I was truly revisiting Candyman as an adult, I thought, oh, okay, we're going to get to that scene. And it never came. And I realized, I was like, wow, that origin scene is not even in the original movie. So taking in the original movie, I just, which has uh, Ted Raimi in it, by the way, which was a, a nice surprise, was, you know, it was okay. It didn't have a significant impact for me. I know that in the black community, Candyman is a beloved piece of black horror mythology. And I, I get it. I understand. This was originally sort of hyped as a remake. And spoilers, spoilers right now. If you haven't seen it, turn this off. Spoilers. We find out that it's not really a remake. It's not really a reboot. It's actually a sequel. It's like a requel of sorts. It's directed by uh, Nia DaCosta. She wrote the screenplay along with Jordan Peele. This was really hyped as a Jordan Peele movie. It is not. However, Jordan Peele is very involved with it because he had a hand in producing it and co-writing it with Nia. This might be controversial, but I think this Candyman is better than the original. The subtext of Candyman in the original film was always underlying. It was always under the surface, deeply buried under the surface, especially in the 90s. There are other horror films that tackle black social issues like People Under the Stairs and Tales from the Hood, where it's a lot more upfront and in your face. I feel like with Candyman, it was more subtle. In this Candyman, though, they just, it's right on Front Street, which is so fitting because horror and sci-fi are both vehicles for social issues. There are some people that get really upset when horror is too political. It has too many messages in it. The best horror does that. That's what horror is for, okay? You know, it's almost kind of a litmus test if you think about it. It's a litmus test. There are some people that just want to see a killer slicing and dicing teenagers over and over again. And there are some people that want to watch stories that have deep, impactful meaning about the real world. What does that say about one person versus the other? And listen, I like to turn my brain off and watch mindless entertainment. But the thing that I love so much about horror is that it challenges me. And Candyman does that. Candyman challenges you. Chicago is known for this legendary projects called Caprini Green. I used to live in Chicago, okay? And I was always told that not even police will go there. I used to pass by it on my bus route. It was known for being an incredibly dangerous projects. It's also the setting for the first Candyman as well as this Candyman. Basically, you have this guy, Anthony. He's an artist and he's looking for inspiration and he learns about the Candyman legend. He learns about the events from the first film. 
it's not really a twist because we find out that the events of the first film happened when they're telling the story at the beginning. So he goes down there to check it out and he gets stung by a bee in his hand and slowly his body begins to corrode and and decompose as he is slowly turning into Candyman himself. See, there's not just one Candyman. There is a whole legion of Candymen going all the way back to the 1890s, starting with Tony Todd's Candyman. And every time there's some sort of traumatic, violent injustice against black people, a new Candyman spirit is formed. And part of what feeds Candyman is the myth, the legend. Everybody in Caprini Green, after what happened in the first movie with the fire and the rescuing of the baby, they vowed to never talk about it. And so the myth has kind of died down. They need a new Candyman to breathe life into it. And that's kind of like what happens in the movie. It was also interesting. I don't, uh, some correct me if I'm wrong, but I don't recall that Candyman can only be seen in the reflection of mirrors in this one. And I'm not sure that it worked like that in the original film, but I really liked it. It really added this extra element. It added like an extra rule. I don't know. I just thought it was really good. The thing about Candyman that's interesting, even me having to explain at the beginning of this video, hey, I'm afraid to say Candyman five times because of what will happen to me. This is what makes the urban legend work so well. Even though you know it's not real, you're still going to be hesitant to say Candyman five times into a mirror or a reflective surface, such as a camera. Does it work for cameras? I hope not. There's this scene where some high schoolers, they go into the bathroom to do it and one girl she just walks out even though she knows that it's not real even though it is real she walks out because she's just like i'm not about this i don't want any part of this so there's like this apprehension to even doing it as a joke eventually we find out i guess the big reveal is that anthony is the baby from the first movie and that he is you know he's a basically he is destined to become Candyman. And that becomes solidified when a white cop shoots him. And I'm so glad that Nia DaCosta decided to go there. Because in a movie that tackles violence against black people and injustice, it would be remiss not to tackle what happens, what has become so prevalent, especially with the rise of cell phone cameras. In any case, the movie ends with Anthony being shot. And that solidifies, that canonizes him as the latest Candyman. And his girlfriend, who's like the other, she's like the co-protagonist, I guess. She gets put in the back of a cop car and she's being hauled off. And the white cop is trying to pressure her into going along with his story about self-defense when shooting an unarmed black man. Literally unarmed because Anthony had his arm chopped off by dude who was trying to make the newest version of Candyman. And she says, I need to see myself in the mirror for a minute and the cop obliges and she says Candyman five times and he shows up and kills the cops. It's awesome. It's the perfect button and I hope they do more with it, man. I'm on board. Give me more Candyman. Candyman, Candyman, Candyman! <laughs> ah!